you would for me, please, in Second Chronicles chapter 29 over in the Old Testament. Second Chronicles chapter 29 and the very last verse in verse 29 or chapter 29 is verse 36. And I want you to come there with me. The folks are standing for the reading of the verse. If you'll do that, I'd appreciate it. There is a word that's been on my heart since early this morning, and uh, I want to show it to you this evening and bring a message that will center around this one word as we look at it, not every place in the Bible, but certainly in quite a number of places. I want to bring your attention to tonight to the last word in Second Chronicles chapter 29 and in verse 36. And the last word in the verse is the word suddenly. And the verse reads like this. And Hezekiah rejoiced and all the people that God had prepared the people for the thing was done suddenly. Suddenly. I want to preach tonight on that one word in your Bible. Suddenly. Let's pray together just a moment. And our Father tonight, thank you, Lord. When Brother Jimmy took that text, I couldn't help but think of the man who I believe prayed the rock of ages into existence, Brother Hugh Sorrows. He had come to my church over and over and over again, and he always had the same message. God was looking for a man. He wanted a man that would carry on the prison work. I thought any number of our men could do that, but one night Judy told me, do you know who Brother Hugh's preaching to? I said, no. She said, he's preaching to you. Well, I didn't know that, but now I do. And I thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that it's not in my flesh or my strength, but no, it's in the fruit of the Holy Ghost of God. How we need fruit in our lives. How we cannot be the men Jimmy's preached about in the flesh, but in the spirit, with the power of God. Yes, we can stand in the head. Lord, dear Jesus, make us all those men that you need. We want to be that man. Make us that man, we pray. Now encourage your people tonight and do all that you would since you laid this one word on my heart tonight. And I'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'll let you be seated. While your Bible's open there, let me explain the verse to you so that, again, it might help you to see as I start in on the one word suddenly as it's found in the Bible. In Second Chronicles chapter 30, you'll find out that Hezekiah is the king. His forefathers were very, very wicked men. They brought idolatry to Israel. They brought a lot of filthy practices into the temple. But Hezekiah, by the hand of God, by the grace of God, Hezekiah took a stand for the Lord. And Hezekiah got it in his heart that he ought to cleanse the temple. He ought to take out all those filthy idols. He ought to burn all of the trash, the filthy things that the idolaters, worshipers practiced. And he did those things. And after he did it, he announced that he wanted to have a Passover at Jerusalem. If you read chapter 30 in its completion, you would find out that they had not had a Passover since the days of Solomon. So it had been a long time. The nation split ten tribes to the north, two to the south. They fought continuously against one another. It was a terrible time in the nation. But Hezekiah sent out the post, they are called, the mailmen, and carried a message to the twelve tribes to come to Jerusalem 
and to enjoy once again the Passover that they were to have yearly. In verse 10 of 2 Samuel 30, so the post passed from city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, even unto Zebulun, but they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. See, the people said, we've not been under the law in a long time. We're not going back under the law now. We're not going to start that again. We're enjoying the things that we're doing under this idolatrous worship. Remember Jeroboam started on the worship of the calves. And they laughed at the mailman, the Pope. They laughed at him and said, no, we're not going up to Jerusalem. We're not going back there to have a Passover. But I want you to notice something. In verse 10, they laughed them to scorn. Yet notice immediately in verse 11, you begin to read these words. Though they laughed them to scorn and mocked them, Nevertheless, divers of Asher, Asher and Manasseh and of Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. Notice in verse 13, and there assembled at Jerusalem much people to keep the feast of unleavened bread. Notice in verse 18, for a multitude of the people, even many, of Ephraim and Manasseh, Issachar and Zebulun had not cleansed themselves, yet did they eat the Passover. Notice that from divers of them to much people to a multitude. Now these were the people that had begun to mock and laugh and say, we are not going up there. How could it change from verse 10 to verse 11. What happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Look in the last verse of chapter 29 and verse 36. And Hezekiah rejoiced, and all the people noticed how did it come to pass that God had prepared the people. Notice how God worked for the thing was done. See that word? Suddenly. Suddenly God moved over the people. No, they didn't want to go. No, they weren't going to go. No, they weren't going to submit to Hezekiah and his desire to worship Almighty God again. But the Lord, he moved over there and suddenly, it was changed. I want to tell you tonight as I lead into the message, somehow I got a feeling down inside of me somewhere that God's people have forgotten how suddenly God can work. How suddenly God can change. God can change situation. Often think the man who, or woman who commits suicide or even young people high on the list of the death of teenagers in America, high on the list is suicide as one of the causes. Or often think the individual that commits suicide has got to be a person who either doesn't believe or has been blinded to Satan by Satan to how suddenly God can act. I wonder what your need is tonight and what are your thoughts about it. Do you hate your indebtedness tonight? Are you in debt to the situation that you're ashamed of it and you hate it and you see now that it's limiting you helping missions 
helping to get the gospel around the world? Have you fallen in love with your church until you want to do more and more, but the indebtedness is working against you? I want to tell you, instead of being in despair, why don't you listen to the teachings of your pastor from the Word of God and begin to practice it? For I want to tell you, God can suddenly make a difference in such things as you think cannot be done. Have you given up on some member of your family? Have you given up on a mother that's in her 80s and doesn't have good mental ability, but you know she's not saved? Have you given up? Have you forgotten the word suddenly in your Bible? Have you forgotten that? Have you forgotten that praying on and telling God about your loved one? and what they need, and that he's the only one that could do it. And if he did do it, the glory would be all of his. And would he please do it for Jesus' sake? And can I remind you tonight, the word suddenly is in the Bible. And God, I thought of a young man today who was in Bible college, and the president of the Bible College, the pastor of the church, asked me to come to preach. We knew this young man was in the Bible College. His daddy had been my pastor, and Brother Jimmy had preached for him. And uh, his daddy had been my pastor, and we knew him well. And so we made preparations to take an offering along for that young man in Bible College. We were looking forward to seeing him and to giving him the offering. We got there. I inquired about him. The school said, yes, Dr. Miss Garrett, please wait right here in our lounge. They had a little room with chairs and sofas, and they put us in there and offered us a cup of coffee or something like that and said, we'll go get the young man and bring him to you. We waited, and we waited. And we waited. I was to preach at 11 o'clock. It was approaching 11 o'clock. Judy and I were looking at each other in amazement. Finally, just a minute or two before 11, one of the senior people of the college came in and said, Dr. Ms. Garris, we're, we're awfully ashamed. We can't find the young man. And that, that embarrasses us, but we can't find him. We're looking for him now. If you'll please come, Dr. Garrison, preach. We will continue to try to find him. I said, well, that's fine. It's all right. Yeah, we just wanted to bring him an offering. I went on in the college, and so did Judy, and she sat down like she did tonight. I went to the front, and before I began to preach, one of the senior people of the college leaned over and said, I don't know that this is all the truth, Brother Garrett, but I've just found out that the young man you see left college on Friday and went home Saturday, and he's no longer in our school. I reached in my pocket and got out the money that we had brought for him, It may not have paid all his tuition, but it sure would have put a dent in it. When I was done preaching, they confirmed that what he told me was correct. The young man left Friday. Judy and her eye arrived Monday. With an hop. I love that young man, Jimmy, and you do too. He forgot the word suddenly. 
he looked at it through his own eyes. How could it be? How can I afford Bible college? How could I get the tuition? How can I pay for my books? What am I going to do to eat and my boat? He looked at it through his own eyes. He forgot to trace a word through the Bible. And that word is sudden. Before I do it tonight. How many of you, you're half backslidden, colder than that terrible-looking red tuna that Jimmy was eating tonight at supper? Red. It was the saddest-looking thing called a fish I ever saw. We felt sorry for him, didn't we, Brother Danny? I mean, you're as cold as Brother Jimmy's salmon and just as dead. And it may be tonight the reason you're like that is because you forgot the greatness of God and how sudden he can do do you agree with that? I ain't going on to you agree with me. Had enough of your unbelief. Can he move on your prayer request suddenly? Will you let God show you in the Bible that he can? Would you get ready and have revival tonight? Not because God did it, but because he could do it. And because, yes, he might do it. By tomorrow morning, at this time, you outfit. You could get up tomorrow morning and your mother-in-law could make this announcement. I'm leaving. You'd pass out, your face would fall down in the midst of your bowl of grits or whatever you do, whatever your wife makes you. It's probably just cornflakes she pours out of a box. But anyhow, what'd you say? I'm leaving. Oh, we're sorry to hear that, mother. I believe I see pe preachers that don't believe that word's in the Bible. I see preachers that don't believe that. I see them leave their churches. I see them get discouraged. They don't go door knocking anymore. They don't carry tracts. They don't stop everybody on the street, wherever he is, whatever he's doing. They don't care. There used to be a time you'd give him a gospel tract. But they don't do that anymore. Oh, they may hit and miss that a little bit, visit a few sick Christians, and call it soul winning. But door knocking, day after day, day after day, and stand after it, because God can move over Baytown, Texas. Now, I'll tell you how quick he can do it. Suddenly, suddenly. So my church will never be filled up. Why don't you stand behind my car when I leave tonight? Packing over you'd be pure pleasure, you outfit. You have a Bible, I look up there and it said, we do not correct the King James Bible. I'm for that. But I wish two-thirds of the people that listened to it being read and preached believed it. What have you given up on? Because you never did run down like I did today, the word sudden. Sudden. How quick can God move? How quick can he turn your business around? How quick can he change the heart of your boss man? How quick can God deal with your situation? How quick can God heal? He arrived at a home and there was a dead 12-year-old girl. And he said it would be all right. She's just sleeping. Boy, they hooted and laughed and poked fun at him. And he said, come on. Come on, now you're hindering me. Get out of here. 
put them all outside. Took the parents and went in there. And it just like that. She was eating pizza with pepperoni. Because he said, feed her. Give her something to eat. And what's a 12-year-old girl want that woke up from the dead? Pizza with pepperoni. She didn't know when she might die again. Who wants to miss pizza and pepperoni? I guarantee you she didn't say salmon. Make it salmon. No. She never. She never said that. She had never eaten salmon and died. God woke her up. She ate pizza and lived right on. Probably had a dozen kids before she died again. Could you let me walk through the Bible tonight and rub it in? I mean, preach to you on the word suddenly. Because I'm going to do it anyhow. I'd like to come to the New Testament. Same God that moved suddenly in the old is going to move suddenly in the new. Same God. Same way. Same thing. Can do it tonight. Same man right there. Suddenly. In your Bible, in Acts chapter 2, I want to start in the book of Acts. I'm just going to read the Bible to you tonight. I'm going to keep reading it till the Holy Ghost stomps your shingles down till it looks like a tornado ripped your roof off because of not believing that he can suddenly do things. That's why you're in the shape you're in. That's why you're discouraged. That's why you're depressed. You say, if you was as broke as I am, I was broke. But I ain't broke right now. Because somebody put something in my hand. <laughs> I'm just doing that to make you mad. That's why God don't do it for you. You don't believe it. That's the kind of outfit you are. You go around yelling, you're for the King James Bible. Why don't you take off believing it someday? Why don't you take the word suddenly and trace it out in the Bible? Why don't you find out what God can do for you? Same God in the Old Testament moved in Hezekiah's day, moved on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, here it is. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Would you read this with me? Just the first two words. And suddenly. You know that ain't a word for a coward. Cowards never move suddenly. Cowards always sit around and talk about it. Well, let's just talk about it. Let's think about it. A little. But God, see, He don't pay no attention to the way you and me want to do it. He'll do it His way. And on the day of Pentecost, He suddenly moved over the people. Boy, oh boy, hey, what about this? And there were dwelling in verse 5 at Jerusalem, Jews. Devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. You know, when the Lord said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. No doubt the disciples said, oh, oh man, how long is it going to take us just to do Jerusalem? And then we got all of Judea. And did you hear him say, Samaria? Oh, I was going to have to do the whole world. On the day of Pentecost, God suddenly, and people out of every nation heard the gospel and went back home saying, know what happened to me? I found out Jesus died and rose again 
to keep us out of hell. And he wants all of us to get saved. <laughs> Woo! I don't believe in How come I both of you old missionaries? I can't see you making it. Come out running in my fish to a nine mile an hour. Man come out of church yesterday morning and put his arm around me and drew me down and whispered in my left ear, I can testify. The Rock of Ages is doing a good job in Texas. I looked at him and said, Can you testify? He said, I sure can. Because they led me to Christ and helped me. How can they be missionaries? Don't you unfold one man over in Uganda and that man? Your mother dropped you on your head when you was a baby and forgot to write it in your baby book. You forgot about a God who knows the meaning of the word sudden. He's getting the job done, ain't he? Huh? I don't know what I'll ever do with my husband. Why don't you let God do something? He might suddenly change him until he hung around the house kissing you all the time, helping you sweep with a broom, putting his hands on it, running up until you say, well, Joe, get out of here! You're driving me crazy! And God would say, I thought you wanted a new husband. You'll be in a mess when he goes to the grocery store and picks things off the shelves and puts it in your basket. Would you go back to loving your hound dog, please? God can suddenly do things. Suddenly do it. Well, while I'm in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 8, would you come there with me? In Acts 8, 9, you run into the worst man you ever heard of. The Bible calls him the chiefest of sinners, and his name is Saul. And in Acts chapter 8, Saul was consenting unto his death, that Stephen's death. And at that time, there was great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. I just can imagine all them people at Jerusalem in the church. They was a ring in their hands and a wondering what they're going to do about Saul of Tarsus. And then the word got out that, they, that he's going down to Damascus and he's going to put all the people of the way in the prison house down there. And people were wringing their hands and saying, Oh, what are we going to do? What are we? Wait a minute. Come to Acts chapter 9. Ooh, 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 ooh. Acts chapter 9. I ain't going to read it to you. I'm going to make you read it to me. Acts 9 verse 3. You better read good and loud too because I'm listening for a word. Come on, I'll help you start. And... home tonight and get your concordance and look at that fat word, amen. Your wife will be trying to sleep. You'll be saying her ear, suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. Boy, you know, if you've got faith in God, you could even be happy. I saw a man back there smile for the first time that cracked his face. He's in bad shape right here tonight. Because he just forgot to read his Bible and pay attention to that word. Suddenly. 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 The worst man. <laughs> He's preaching Jesus. <laughs> Boy, what about them apples? That's the God that loves you. That's the God that saves you. This title's going to get you. The Joy of Answered Prayer. I've never had God do anything suddenly. 
Jackson, what's wrong with you? I think about some suddenly things he's done for me. Like when we started in, in this prison work, and, and, and it was in 1978, and Judy and our son Scott, they only ever had one request. They said, Han, we'll go anywhere, do anything God tells you to do. But don't leave us somewhere. We want to stay with you. We want to go with you. We want to travel with you. We want to be with you. Don't leave us somewhere, please. I said, well, okay. We'll have to get us a motor home or a bus or something. We went to see a motor home that we could live in. It would accommodate me and Judy plus our son. We could live in it. It wasn't just for fishing or to take out to the golf course and park there. It, 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 was, it was for using for the Lord. And the doctor said to me, uh, Reverend, how much money do you have? And I reached in my pocket and I got out three nickels and I said, 15 cents because we didn't have to pay toll to come over here. He couldn't handle it. <laughs> he said, uh, I want quite a bit more. I said, I know it. But uh, I believe this motorhome God wants us to have. My wife believes it. And all I want to ask you is, can I bring the church over here and can we pray? He said, what do you want to do? I said, we don't want to come inside. I won't bring the whole church inside. But could we just come out and put a circle around it and pray? And he said, huh? Okay, I guess. Well, I took that to me and we could. So we did. We made a circle and laid our hands on it like this. And you know how old-fashioned Baptists are. Everybody prays out loud. Most of us think God's deaf. And up at the mansion, you could see the curtain going. One day he said to me, after I brought every preacher of any preacher came through, and I thought he could pray. I hauled him down there to pray over my motor horn. One day that doctor said, my wife and I are going to Egypt. We'll be going for six weeks. And when we come back, you either have to have the money, or you've got to quit coming over here, Reverend. You've brought everybody in the world in here to pray over this motor home. Now it's time to get some money. I said, I know it. I'll tell, him, I'll tell my Heavenly Father that told me what Saturday was coming back. So on Saturday, I called him up that Saturday. He answered the phone. I said, hey, Doc. He said, yeah. I said, this is the preacher. I got the money. He said, you do? I said, yes, sir. I got it. He said, I never would have believed I hope it gives you revival. The worst man. Look in Acts chapter 16 at the worst situation. You talk about some people getting in a bad situation. In Acts chapter 16, they got Paul and Silas and they beat the stew out of them and they took them inside and put them in the darkest part of the prison and chained them up. And it hurt, too. Yeah, it did. Okay, ready? I'm going to read verse 25, and you're going to read verse 26. And if you don't read it right, I'll make you go back and read it again. I'm reading verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Oh, what about that? At midnight. And sang 
praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Okay, I'm listening now. Hey, did the worst man in the world change suddenly? And did the worst situation change suddenly? Hey, do you know before you get to the end of the chapter, Paul and Silas are on the inside eating, getting first aid, had a baptismal service. You just said to yourself, I tell you, I believe this will be my last night. Down there at that church house, I'll go tonight. But I believe this is about my last night. I won't be here when you come next year, Jimmy. You out there. Down there at that church house, I'll go tonight. But I believe this is about my last night. I won't be here when you come next year, Jimmy. You out there. That's why God gave me the message this morning. I know I said I was going to rub it in. I don't care if that makes you mad. I'm going to do it. God said you go up there and remind that outfit that I can suddenly... You know Steve Jarrett, one of our men. His wife Melanie was dying. The reason she was dying, she was in the intensive care and they've given her the wrong medicine. She has a, a transplanted kidney. And, and, and they were giving her the wrong medicine. And they were killing her. She was dying. And, and our whole church was up there. And we were praying, praying, praying. And the doctor come out there and with tears he said to Dr. Jerry, I, I can't do no more. Your wife, she leave here. I can't do no more. We was all broken hearted. We had that whole intensive care thing took up with ourselves. People were praying in little knots. Ladies were praying. The men were praying. They had two phones going at the same time. No, once I heard Steve Jarrett say, who is this? And somebody evidently said, who is this? So he told him who it was. said, please, my wife's dying, and I'm trying to get some information and some help. And, uh, and I listened a little closely, and he said, is this a Methodist hospital in Indianapolis? down to Tennessee, ate his finger wet and zipped it in some phone little connector, and zipped that one in some little phone connector up in the Methodist Hospital in Indianapolis. And you know who picked up? An expert woman doctor on kidney said, Reverend Jeff, what's going on? I don't understand. She said, I don't understand either. How'd you get on the phone? She said, I don't know. How are you on the phone? She, she, she said, you want me to bring her up there? And she said, yes, bring her. Where is she? Bring her. What, what's wrong? She said, it'll take me 12 hours. I'll put her on the bus. The doctor said, on a bus? No, not on a bus, on a jet airplane and bring her up here. She can't live that long. What's the matter? You know, to the day we never figured out how that doctor got on the phone. That doctor and this doctor got to talking. And this doctor said, you stop that medicine. You're killing that woman. She's dying because of what you give her. Now stop it.
got out of the helicopter. And the helicopter started airlifting from here down to Chattanooga, where you gotta have a private medical plane with two nurses and one some kind of doctor assistant or somebody like that. And, and they said, how much? And they said, well, the helicopter will be $35,000. And this is the truth. We all opened our wallets. We, everyone pulled out our visa cards. We threw them down. The visa cards were piled up. And I think we got $3,000 out of all of them. Telling you, we was broke, preacher. Everybody's card was maxed out. People were throwing a visa card down and said, I think you can get $150 out of it. Do you know why we was there trying? That was just the helicopter. That wasn't a jet. The jet was over $100,000 just to fly to Indianapolis plus gas and all that stuff. And do you know, a pastor called and said, thank you. I called my heart I'm going to stand here for the whole bill. Then you can get the money and pay us back, whatever you have to do. But our trustee is just standing here for all the money. Get your wife on that Better today than tomorrow. So tell me, angels don't make good message carriers. That's their names, messengers. Ain't it? Ain't that what they're for? Messengers. Why, some of you are beginning to have revival in this Monday night. And all we did was find out that we do know the God who can suddenly change the worst man, change the worst situation. And I like this one. Look in Acts chapter 28, would you? Hurry up, get over there. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I like this one. I ain't going to let you read this one by yourself. I like this one. They've been in a bad storm. He's out there a long time. Finally, they all swam the shore, and it was cold, and it was raining. And he all started to build a fire. And Paul, he went and got a bunch of wood. And the low-down devil, look in verse 3. And when Paul gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt, this man is a first who though he have escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffers not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Now, in verse 6, suddenly, he got out of his chair and walked over and said, I'm ready, Lord. And God said, Won't be needed. Go sit down. And they heard it. They began to look at the preacher. How did they look when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly? They said, You know, he's a Baptist. He's got the right doctrine. He'd have to be a Baptist. You know how Baptists are. They swell up. Why, well, I've seen them. I've pastored. I've seen Baptists swell up between Sunday night and Wednesday night. I've seen them go out Sunday night happy and come back in swelled up like an old football. And they always swelled up the preacher. And I've watched Baptists. Ain't you had some of them die between Wednesday night and the next Sunday morning? Fall down dead. And they 
step into danger too. Sudden. But God said to suddenly, sit down. And he sat down. Then the heathen changed their mind, said even God. <laughs> Sounds like a Baptist church. Why, they try to make Benny Chicken over in Dallas a God. God can move suddenly, and God can restrain suddenly. God can do what's best, amen, and he does do. Boy, I just like that word today, suddenly. I looked up, come hurry up now, quit messing around now. We've been having a good time, but now we've got to settle down, preach a little. In Proverbs 29, verse 1, hurry up, just a few more things. I want to say this to you now. I want to show you some people. You have every right on the authority of the Bible to expect a visit from God suddenly. Suddenly. Here's some people that can expect. Like this person in Proverbs 29.1. He that being often reproved hardness his neck. Read it with me. Shall suddenly be destroyed. And that without I, I want to say to that person, I don't know their name. If I knew their name, I'd call it out. But I don't know their name. But of course, you know whether that's you. You know whether or not when the preacher preaches, you harden your neck. You know what harden your neck means? They looked at Moses like this. That's when they're looking at their wife. And she looks back. And then they look back up to see. Who said my daughter can't wear a bull fighting breeches to do youth activity? Well, I'll take my $10 a week and give it to the Methodists. You gotta visit something. I get a little head up and down. You gotta visit something. You gotta visit something. You're gonna get a visit. You know how quick it's gonna happen? Suddenly. Suddenly, God's gonna unsink your neck. When you get done, your neck will be just like rubber. So I tell you, he gave me an adjustment I might never get over. I read it right in the Bible. You know that Bible's right. That man, you're here tonight. You harden your neck against the preacher. I got news for you. You can expect to visit, and I'll tell you how quick it's going to happen. But it's in Proverbs chapter six. I'm just going to some people that they could expect to visit. And I don't want to let you out. And I want to be sure you know about it. In, in Proverbs chapter 6, a naughty person. You're always calling your boy naughty. Your little girl's naughty. But big grown-ups get naughty too. A naughty person. What's a naughty person? Look at the very last line in verse 14. He soweth discord. Now, come right on just a minute. Come right on. Come right on. Don't quit right there now. Come on. We've got to read some more. And uh, verse 16. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. That man can look for a vision from God. He, he, he can expect a vision from the Lord. Because God hates that. Look in verse 15. When God puts a double thing there, 
you mark her down, God means business. This person that's showing discord in the church, discord in the nursery, discord on the cleaning list. Discord with the with the conference you got planned. Well, if I can't feed dust, I won't be nothing. Okay, be nothing. But God's going to pay you a visit. Here it is, verse 15. Come on, come on. Now you're going to have to read it. I'm not going to do it for you. I ain't bailing you out. All I'm doing is preaching it. I'll start you off if you've got to read it. You better watch now. Therefore, I wouldn't like it if you came to my house and stirred up trouble. I might pick you out on my ear, on your ear. And if I can't, Judy could. And God don't like it when people so discord in his house either. He don't like discord among his children. He don't like old people grasping around and complaining and never been satisfied with them. He don't like it. So he put a double suddenly in there. Suddenly, suddenly. Suddenly, suddenly you're going to get it. I tell you, if you read that to your mother-in-law tonight, she'll go home by morning. She'll have her bags packed. She'll be waiting for the greyhound. Suddenly, suddenly. Why, we got people, I believe they're professional at causing trouble. Yeah, I do. They act so weak. And they're mean snakes. Well, you can expect their future. The only reason God ain't been by you ain't been expecting him, but now he, he knows you're because I done told it to you. You know why I didn't come last night? You wasn't expecting me. But now you're expecting me. You better get right with God. You better go over and say to the preacher, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I mean, I'm sorry I've been stirring up things. You're right. I'm sorry. That's what you better do to me. Because God said, suddenly, suddenly, I'll be by. I don't know you people, but in Isaiah 47, them people, they got all caught up with these kind of people. I'll read their names to you. Look in Acts chapter 47 with me just a minute. And, and we'll, just, we'll just look there just for a little bit if you'll let me just a minute. In Acts chapter 47, Isaiah 47, I'm sorry, Isaiah, I'm trying to cut some of the suddenlies out for you because now you're Expecting the Lord, and that's all the thing I was preaching for anyway. And I thought about you being here tonight, George Elford, the man who can't get no money. And I said, poor man can't get no money, ain't no telling what he's planning to do. He's liable to sell his dog or something. That's his wife's dog. I mean, that'd be, that'd be war. I don't want to do that, George. Sudden. Hey, you know the one I gotta use all the time. I just gotta use it. I'm sorry, but I just got it's it's just mine now. It's mine, so don't you try to use it. You know there's three kings and they were going to war. And there's all boy, they's gonna whoop their hide off that crowd. My trouble was they couldn't find no water. And it wouldn't rain. And all their animals began to die, the animals they brought along to eat on the way to the war, and the animals that was hauling the cannons and all that stuff. And I mean, things were in bad shape. And one of them said, go get the preacher. And he did. And his name was Elisha. And Elisha said, I'll tell you what to do. You people fill this battle with this preacher. Because you will not see wind nor rain, but this valley is going to be 
they look lost. Do you know that they dug the ditches and the next morning when they got up, <laughs> they all got their inner tube. And they went tube fishing. All those except those that went golfing, they didn't do it. But everybody else. It was full of water. Are you listening to that, Steve? Full of water the next morning. And God said, I don't want you to stay up all night neither and say, My old granny always said, You can smell rain coming. I think you just got a one hole cold. I don't think you're trying to get no rain. And he said, I don't see you people outside going, yep, 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 yep. Our rain always comes out of the Gulf, blowing in from the Gulf. And I don't see how to have your fingers up in the air and need. You dig the ditches and go to bed. And tomorrow morning, you would go to bed, and Try to say, you know, our boy went to aviation college, and uh, we had just started to be a missionary. We didn't even have our full support. I didn't even know if anybody would even let me be in the prison ministry. Boy, sometimes I was so discouraged. I wanted to go back to the church I had pastored so long. I, man, old days. Now the boy, he wants to go to college to be in aviation, and that's one of the most expensive fields that kids can pick. And here are we. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And you know what? One night I spent all evening working on these government papers to get him a government loan. I filled them out as best I could. And I sent them off. And we got a reply and it said, it really looks like you need some money, but we can't make heads or tails out of all them figures you put down there. How can you live with that little income and that much outgrowth? You need something. And I heard heaven say, yeah, you're going to spend another night filling out them dumb papers or are you going to trust the Lord? And you know what? This is our testimony, Brother Jimmy. Scott graduated from Ozark, Alabama Aviation and Technical College and every bill was paid and every time he had to fly, the money had to be there or he couldn't fly, and that meant a class was missed. And he made every flight. He got all his tools that he had to buy. How do you do that, Russell? But, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Churches I was in yesterday, they didn't know the need, see. But they sure were kind to us. Boy, I know we shouldn't do this in front of Brian, but Judy opened the envelope last night in the car, Robin, and said it's worth shouting over, huh? She spent this morning writing checks. I called the preacher and said, Preacher, them bad boys wouldn't take me along golfing because they thought I'd ruin their game. And they left me here 
Now, I got to go to the post office, and I got to go now. Boy, the bank was happy today. If you don't want in my bank up in Cleveland, you can call the banker. You're so happy today. And yesterday he has broke the pancake. <laughs> and God served him. Oh, I guess I gotta close. I ain't one of you guys say I'm just wanting to close, I said. I'm gonna read one more. But anyhow, I was just thinking about this song, and I can't sing it all, but I just think about it. Isn't he wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Isn't Jesus my Lord? Eyes have seen, ears have heard, it's recorded in his words. Isn't Jesus my Lord? No one thing that's wonderful about him. Hey, hey, I, I'm trying to close. Uh, but if I was having a good time, he'd already be, if I wasn't, he'd already be at the house. Hey, you know what? Me and Judy wasn't planning to be saved October the 13th, 1963 either. We didn't tarry all night. We didn't linger. We got down by the sofa with the pastor and he laid that black Cofield Bible right in front of Judy and said, what does it say? And me and Judy read, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He said, is God a liar? We said, no. He said, well then, Judy, are you going to ask him to save you? She did. And as soon as she prayed, I felt like the Lord said it in my heart, now you're separated from the only good woman you ever knew. The only good thing in your life is Judy. She's going to heaven and you're still going to hell. And you're separated from ever, forever from her. And I heard the preacher say, Ronald, what are you going to do? And I hurried up and prayed, because I don't want to be separated from her. <laughs> Woo! And such is born. Hey, I gotta show you one more. Won't you let me show you one more? Thank you. First Corinthians 15. Hurry up. Hurry up. If you want to go, we'd be done by now. First Corinthians 15. I know the word suddenly ain't here, but I can't help it. I'm gonna read it to you anyway. Boy, oh 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 boy, I like it. First Corinthians 15, 15. Now this I say, brethren, the flesh and blood could not inherit the kingdom of God. Neither death, corruption, inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Look at this. Woo! In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Yeah. And how long is it going to take? Is my left foot going to get changed? And later on, my left knee? You know the word moment is there. That's where we get our word Adam, A-T-O-M. -M. It means in the Greek language, the smallest thing that cannot be divided. So they called it a moment. Almost like suddenly. Trumpet's gonna sound, and we're gonna be caught up, 
and we're going to have a new body, and we're going to see our loved ones, and we're going to see Jesus, and we're going to make our first run around heaven's border. People that ate salmon will run, and people that ate fried sheep will run. Everybody will run. Isn't it wonderful that God put that word in the Bible? I sometimes catch myself weary. Won't this problem ever be solved? Won't God? I pray you pray with me. Heavenly Father, I don't know everybody's need tonight, but I sure pray. Well, this is Brother Gary. Suddenly God moved, didn't he? Amen. Suddenly we'd be with him forever. Wonderful.